Well, welcome to another episode on the C2A podcast. Today, I got Jack Griffin with us, and we're going to talk about the Sabbath. What is it? Do we observe it? Let's talk about it on an all-new episode from C2A. Jack, welcome again. This isn't your first time. It's not. It's the third time. Tell us about it. What were your other two? Uh, first one was some ministry stuff, um, which is funny. Brought on to talk about ministry and then had to close our coffee shop. So <laughs> don't listen to what I said that episode. And then uh, the other one, we were grilling up some meat, just some of right. the guys talking about fellowship. So yep. it's good to be back. Yeah, well, it's, uh, thanks for joining me uh, with this subject. Um, this is, we're going to talk about the Sabbath. Game on. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't listen to our podcast very often, welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, we try to keep this very unscripted. Uh, we don't do a bunch of research for this. We maybe will throw together some notes or something like that, but we just try to have what we would call raw conversation around topics that we believe are asked very often and are good questions. And so we just want to start these conversations. We assume that as the, uh, C28 podcast evolves, it'll turn into more, uh, get deeper and deeper and deeper into theological nuances and doctrinal positions and stuff. But for now, we're trying to start where if somebody starts in season one and they continue, it'll go and cover more and more subjects and kind of uh, open our world of theology and doctrine so that we're not taken captive by deceptive philosophies and ways of the world and things like that, right? Amen. Amen. So I did uh, admit when I got here with um, Jack that this is probably one of my shallow areas um, in my understanding of Old Testament, New Testament stuff is the Sabbath, actually. How do you feel about that? I'm pretty excited to get in and uh, stumbling through my learning of it yeah. as, as that grows continually and also how to live it out. So it's it's definitely a humbling experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there's uh, there's confusion around it, too. And I'm hopefully, hopefully people listening uh, maybe are thinking through these things, too. Like, should we be... Um, are we allowed to go grocery shopping on Sunday or Saturday or when is the Sabbath? Should we only have church on the Sabbaths? What if you work in a town where the majority of people work at a factory that is only closed on Mondays? Can you move your service to mm. Mondays to meet those needs? Or is that even okay? Mm. Mm. Can we pull a cow out of a ditch? Mm. Yeah. Watch out for elevators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us about why you say that. Do you uh, have any experience with that? I've been in elevators where they have all the floors and then the button to kind of skip as far as Jewish tradition yeah. and to not touch them mm -hmm. on the Sabbath. And so I don't think it gets more legalistic than that. You know, th this isn't in any of our notes, I'm sure, because it came up just kind of in our raw conversation right now. But what you're explaining is that in, um, in countries and areas where a Jewish tradition is very prominent on the Sabbath, they'll have the elevator go to every floor automatically up and down and up and down all day because in Jewish tradition, uh, as we're supposed to rest and not do work, that pressing of the button, the connection of terminals uh, is considered work. And so they put the elevator on this auto mode that goes through all the, all the floors so that you don't have to work on those days. That's how and this is alive and well today. In fact, my refrigerator has a Sabbath mode on it. Wow. <laughs> Thank God for Siri, so you can't touch the remote button either. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So uh, why don't you uh, why don't you start off? What are your thoughts on it? Because so I, I called Jack and I said, "Hey, we're going to be filming a couple of these episodes." And as many of you guys know, uh, CJ moved across the country. And so now I only got half the talent here. And so I got to try to fill that, try to fill those shoes, which is very difficult because CJ did a wonderful job. And, uh, you know, we were kind of like a Clyde and Cletus team, a kind of dumb and dumber team, you know. And now, um, you know, we got to try to fill that. So I called Jack and asked him to team up with me on the Sabbath. And uh, what did you think about that? What were your thoughts initially? How did you come to what you wanted to talk about today? Sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely shout out to Pastor CJ, not trying to fill those shoes. Now it's, I guess, dumb and dumber. That's, right. that's, the, that's the sequel, right? Uh, so funny, was driving down here and yeah, off the cuff, didn't prep too much. I actually had to look up this morning the commandment because I forgot which one it was. Um, and But more on the drive down here, I have just this terrible tendency when I'm driving to just hug bumpers. Like I can't mm. help but get frustrated by how slow people are, especially coming down Ridge Road from Pine Grove. Mm. And I think it just speaks to a little bit of what's underneath. And that's where I maybe wanted to start kind of, I don't even want to say theologically, I don't think of myself uh, in that high of regard, but what's underneath the why behind it. And I think part of it is, at least from my experience, in my sinful tendencies to just constantly on the move, have to be in control, go, go, go. And so underneath the Sabbath and reasons why the Lord created it at a basic level of rest. And so starting out, went to Exodus 20, hmm. where he's laying out the commandments and just to refresh on which one it was. But what stood out to me is it says, keep the Sabbath to the Lord. And so I was just kind of sitting with that today and, and still don't know what it actually means, but also found out that and was reminded of how Sabbath was actually brought well before those commandments in Exodus 20, but back in Exodus 16. So that's where I've been sitting and curious how this is going to flow. But basically it's around the manna being delivered, dropped off with the quail, constant provision. And then the Lord says in 1623 of Exodus, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. And he says, don't, you know, bake what you want, store it up as some did eat it today. It'll be ready. There were no maggots, no worms, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. So just this idea of provision. And it gets to then what really convicted me was Verse 27, nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. So it's just meditating with that in really seeing like what is the call to the Sabbath from early on, original intention, yes, rest. But to me, there was kind of a few key themes that stood out. I'm curious what you think, but it, it's a call to obedience. Obviously, the Lord says, look, work six days yep. and rest. So there's this element of going back to the scripture here. It says to the Lord, like, what are we doing to the Lord? Well, one, we're obedient to what he says. But then I think underneath it is really this element of trust and faith. Because we have this tendency to run around, control, we've got bills to pay, food to put on the table, and at the end of the day, it's so hard to not do that stuff for a day and trust that the Lord is going to provide. Let me see if I understand that point right there. You're saying that there is a, um, there is 
a feeling in us and even a reality in us that we have to work to provide enough to live day to day. And um, one of the things that I notice is that it seems that the rest, the rest begins in creation. Mm. Genesis, you know, chapter one, two, three, four, right? Mm. We see uh, all this kind of coming together in the, in the, in the Adam and Eve and being kicked out of the garden. And, and one of the things that happened is that we were supposed to work in the garden, right? Like we don't want to lose that. There mm-hmm. was responsibility to be done there. And it was like this fruitful, good work, right? And then when we're out of the garden, there's this uh, image given that like now we're going to fight through the weeds. We have to work. We have to work. We have to work. We came from dust and we'll be dust again, you know, like and we're going to work until we turn into the dust that we're working with, right? And then uh, you have the Israelites, um, which is kind of where we see this rest being told to a group of people. The Israelites are going to receive this blessing of this rest on the seventh day but they're but they're in captivity right they're working they're being ground under the fist of the pharaoh and so uh the lord uh delivers them from that slavery and that oppression and then out into the wilderness and then the promised land is connected with rest mm-hmm. right i can't remember which verse that is but, uh, you know, I thought I wrote it down. Let me check really quick. But the, the promised land is connected with this rest. And then uh, they're they're headed for that rest. And then you're talking about in between when they are told go to the promised land and there'll, there'll be some level of rest there, which also connects us back to the Lord created, 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 and rested. Mm-hmm. And that number seven is kind of this beautiful number in scripture. And then now they're being, they're headed to this promised land to rest. But in between there, they're given a taste of what rest is then on that seventh day, if they would just obey it. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about what that rest looked like, right? There was manna each day that was provided by God and they'd have to do the work to go out and get it. And it was miraculous provided. And then there was this day of rest that was supposed to be there. Well, what do we do about the manna? Because we got to get it each day. And he goes, I'll provide enough for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're supposed to collect it the day before and then rest. And then people go out on that day. And I think I, that's when I interrupted you, right? They go out on that day they're not supposed to. Then what happened with the manna? It wasn't there because he told them it wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. But he also said, gather enough on the sixth day. Mm-hmm. That element of provision, mm-hmm. trust, have faith mm-hmm. that I will provide with you not doing anything. Because yeah. guess what? I do it all. God, yeah. he's the ultimate provider. And yet somehow, at least for me, I still think... I need to constantly be going, constantly mm-hmm. doing, because it's my lack of faith. And that's, I think, a test is the Sabbath, holy, set apart, keep that day set apart and holy. Mm-hmm. And where we're at right now, you're saying that the connection to the Sabbath and the rest is reflection upon unto the Lord. So there's a connection to the rest is for us unto the Lord. And it's to remind us of what the Lord has done and for us to obey and see the provisions and the control ultimately that God has. And I'm pointing out that it's pointing back to creation. Mm. And then also, I think that it's pointing forward towards a time of rest in eternity. 2030. <laughs> Tell it, you might as well, you, you said it. You might as well go through we'll, your, we'll your heresy I'm now. Not, I'm not going to the <laughs> prophecy yet. Maybe we'll close the episode. If Can you at least done. give, no, that'd be bad too, I guess. We're, Jack isn't trying to find the day or the hour, but he's trying to find the year. <laughs> okay, we're going to go there. Okay. 
2,000 years from Adam to Abraham, 2,000 okay. years from Abraham to Jesus. We're now about 2,000 years since then. Okay. All I'm saying, work six days, seventh rest, seventh perfection. I'm going to put it between 2030, 2033. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right. All right. The complete, complete side tangent. No, it's good. You know, it's interesting. He said he brought this up when he came in the room today. And he's like, hey, have you ever heard of this 2,000 years from Adam to Jesus? And I was like, uh, you know, it's interesting. I just watched something today on that. So. Prophetic. It's prophetic. <laughs> well, we'll, time will tell, my friend. Yes. But the real point, I think, is like you're saying is what it points to. Yeah. And that's where I really want to get to is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what I struggle with, I'm curious from you being uh, much stronger doctrinally for me is Going to Matthew 5, 17, Jesus fulfilled the law. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for us then today? And what I was pointed to is uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight later. And I wanted to read that because I think that's really... Dude, dude, take the show over, man. Let me just sit here and just learn. No, this is me just learning in the moment because this is what I think is going to base at least some of my comments on how I try to live this out, what it means. But he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, easy and my burden is light. So just flowing off of what you mentioned of what it points towards until yeah. he comes back. Something around him fulfilling the law of yes, obey and trust, but there's also this element of receive the gift that is rest, the gift that is Sabbath, not legalistically, but God knows we need rest. Jesus took naps in his fully humanness. And so I try to think, how do I receive Jesus as my rest? Mm. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think is uncovered for me as I just, just dip my toe in the water of what the Sabbath is and all of that. And like I said, it obviously revealed a shallow area in my theology that I, that I need to grow in here because I was learning a lot. And, and, you know, I think that one of the things that I uncovered is like, there is a lot of pointing to rest like very intentional rest. And and I think that to some degree, there's times where we all are seeking rest or feel that we have a lack of rest. I'm not talking necessarily about like sleepiness, but maybe that also, but a rest for our souls, like we are, we are, we are not content with our soul's condition, which I think is good, but where do mm. we find that? Mm. Where do we go for that rest? I think it is obviously Jesus that we go to. And I think that that separation from the Lord makes our soul not at rest, but that rest is coming. And, and this gets into some, uh, you know, end, end times stuff, I guess. But, you know, is, is, the, has, is the kingdom here? Has the kingdom come in a sense? Do we have a yes and uh, or a foretaste of this rest in Christ ruling now? Um, and is there a, there's obviously, I believe, a fuller extent of this rest in eternity um, but so I, I didn't really answer your question specifically, but one of the things on a more fundamental and general level is just like the idea of rest in the Bible mm. is very interesting, which we answer one of the questions people ask a lot. They ask, um, or they ask or assume that, that the Sabbath is connected with worship. Hmm. Did you run into that? And you're looking around about this in my extensive studies, the last <laughs> yeah, yeah. half hour drive down Driving. here. <laughs> no, I didn't run into that. Yeah. <laughs> But so, I've heard it. I've definitely heard it in the past. Yeah. 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 And maybe we can come back, come back to that. But uh, ask your question again, because I didn't answer it very well. Do you remember your question? A little bit was, I guess, what 
I, not even just with Sabbath, but like, what does Matthew five seventeen mean of him not abolishing, but oh, right, fulfilling? Right, right, yeah. It's this commandment. It was before the commandments, like you're saying in creation, and yet Jesus fulfilled it. And that's where I'm like, okay, well, he is our rest. Mm-hmm. And so how do we live that out? So I don't want to yeah. get into all the legalism of it, but I think there's something there as far as what is, how does Jesus fulfill the Sabbath? Yeah. Okay, very good. So the big idea of Jesus coming not to abolish the law, because it's good, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says. He didn't come to abolish it. It's good. He fulfilled it. And what's interesting about him fulfilling it is that we all look in contrast to us failing in it. Mm-hmm. That uh, Because the law was given, and so it could show us and reveal, us, reveal to ourselves our sinfulness and fallenness in need of a Savior. Mm-hmm. And so as we watch Jesus uh, fulfill it, that he is... The, not the essence that falls short of what it is, but the essence of this perfection where we have fallen short. And then in that perfection, he can get to the cross. Mm-hmm. And because of his fully God, fully man, imperfection, not owing sacrifice for his own sin, can be the ultimate mediator for now and forever. Mm-hmm. And so him fulfilling the law uh, is is huge. And so in that, how did he fulfill it? Well, it's interesting because technically, or maybe it's not technically, but he violated the Sabbath, right? And then mm-hmm. he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath mm-hmm. because they've added in things. They're like, he plucks grain, right? Mm-hmm. You did work on the Sabbath, heal somebody. You don't, you know, you healed somebody on the Sabbath. And essentially he's saying, you're missing it. You don't understand what the Sabbath is. Mm-hmm. You know, rest, don't do work unto the Lord, right? And so they had, oh, was it 700 and something laws were added to, you know, to follow this Sabbath day or whatever it was. So they've, created this to try to be holy but have missed the big picture of it and so how did he fulfill uh the sabbath day i think he because there is what we're going to deal with maybe if we have time in a second is there's this mosaic law that jews are bound to and commanded to obey in the old testament covenant Mm -hmm. and then we have this new covenant which were not under the mosaic law within Mm -hmm. and so in that sense how did jesus how could he break the violate the the sabbath according to the pharisees is because they added not god things to it and so he didn't actually violate it so if he didn't violate it what is the sabbath Mm -hmm. it's what you're saying it's resting and it is don't work uh trust in the lord rest in the lord and uh and then in a sense remember what the Lord has done, created everything that there is. Remember what the Lord has done. He set the Israelites free um, and provided for them. And uh, and when they were obedient, he blessed them. And when they disobeyed, he disciplined them. Uh, but there's a promise of a rest. In fact, a lot of the sevens all lead to this day of rest or jubilee or forgiveness. Um, you know, for instance, uh, the Sabbath day is the seventh day of the week. Um, there, the Sabbath is just one of seven festivals every year. Every seven years, you were to liberate slaves and forgive debts and let the land rest and recover. Uh, every seven times seven years, there was an ultimate rest on the seventh day called the year of Jubilee, where land was restored to its owners, among other things. And those are in Leviticus, like 25. Um, so there, there's a lot of this pointing to this rest. And I think that the Lord fulfilling that is doing it right. Where I believe that when the Lord says rest, plucking grain as you walk through a field to nourish your body isn't what the Lord was talking about. Healing somebody who was disease ridden 
wasn't the work he was talking about. Mm. I think like the labor and the toil that we must do now to provide for ourselves, there's a rest. And remember that in the end, it's not by our works. It's not, it's not by any level of sovereignty or power we have. It's all about Jesus and points to a time where things will fall back in to that place where we won't be battling the sinfulness of men anymore. Mm-hmm. Is that close to answering your question at all? Yeah, no, amen. That was, that was beautiful. And it kind of makes me think leading to how to live this out is at least from my understanding, the law was given to us to point us and show us our sin and our transgressions and how those lead to death. So in a way the law also gives life. It protects life. Like you said, it's a good thing. And so when I think of Jesus fulfilling that, well, obviously he gives life. He gives eternal life, protects us from death. And so when he fulfills that, and I think of the life giving power of the law, I think of the life giving power of the Sabbath. And that's what I've learned honestly over the last couple of years where I've had to really check my heart on just the going, doing achievement is sometimes like sliding into home on Friday, barely making it from just a long work week mm-hmm. and taking that time for me. It's on from Friday nights through Saturday of rest and how much life that gives, how much I'm recharged, restored for another six days of work for that kingdom productivity and full of grace through all of it. But I think of that life-giving element of rest that Jesus fulfills as well as our ultimate life giver. Love it. There is a question, though, that, that will come up inevitably. And that is, so there's this Mosaic law that in the Old Testament covenant you are, you are bound by, right? And um, so granted, there's the Mosaic law and then things added to it, right? Um, but the Jewish people were to obey those things. And so now we have the New Testament covenant not bound by the Mosaic law. And where before on the seventh day, you must do these things. Well, you and I don't do that probably. You know, for instance, you know, even I think some people think the Sabbath is Sunday and it's not Saturday. Mm-hmm. So most of us, if you if you are listening, you're like, no, the Sabbath was the day you worship and you go to church on Sundays, then you're already violating it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So it's Saturday. So what is what is the Sabbath now then? And maybe maybe even a, a, an easier question is, uh, what is it not or something like that? Because I think there is a difference because before you couldn't change the date. It had to be Saturday. It's part of the Mosaic law. Moses gave it to his people from the Lord. And we, they in the seventh day, uh, was Saturday, and so you had to keep that day holy. It doesn't matter what your work week looked like. It doesn't matter, you know, if you had a harvest party for church, you know, and you had to set up for it or whatever it was. Like you kept that day holy in the in the sense of no work and rest. And so now we don't do that. So um, what does what does I think a question I want to make sure and get to is what does the Sabbath look like now for us? What is mm-hmm. what is required of a Christian now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. And it's something I think, as we're talking about, still growing in. Uh, great resource I found helpful, a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry mm. by Pastor John Mark Combs. And some interesting thoughts about rest and just, again, going back to our need to constantly be going and doing. And so when I think of that rest, I think, at least for me and my experience, it's going to be different for everyone. So for me, who's 
on a bunch of Zoom calls and work and on my phone and email mm -hmm. throughout my week. Rest for me looks like a surrendering of that, even though I have this tendency of, oh, I got to check that email in case something came in. But where the Lord has really stretched me is come Friday afternoons, I'm trying to disconnect, get off the phone, be with my family, spend some quality time, disconnect. And so maybe what you're getting to a little bit is, for example, Saturdays, love to feast out with my family slow down. I read a different version of the Bible that's a little bit more story-oriented. And so for me, it's a little different than what my other six days look like mm -hmm. because that's my comfort zone. That's why I'm in my routine and I'm going, but I can worship that. I can idolize that. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of it for Saturday, for me is I also love yard work. I love being outdoors with the Lord. That's like one of my favorite forms pile. of worship. Just torching pine <laughs> yeah. cones, dude. Torching pine <laughs> cones. So the difference is though, for example, with the burn pile is I can be out there, have some worship music on, making sure my family's taken care of. I'm out there just taking care of it. It doesn't feel like work to me. It doesn't feel like mm -hmm. exertion. It is restful. But there's a certain point where I'm like, well, what if I just got one more pile of pine cones mm -hmm. just to get it done? Because I'm anxious if I don't get it done, then it's not going to get done later. But the swirl happens, <laughs> Dude, I got right? this image of these pine cones just taking advantage well, of you. Well, have you done there. a burn pile of pine cones? It just <laughs> whole nother level of heat coming out. But my point is that there's yeah. a difference, right? Where it's the heart posture. Yeah. I think that's what we know is God cares about. And in my experience, it's the heart posture of, okay, I'm going out being with the Lord during the day, enjoying some work with him, but it doesn't feel like exertion and work. It's restful. But the second I get into achievement, check the list, I'm worried about my stuff getting done. That's when I think it takes away from the rest. Mm -hmm. So in those moments where you're burning pine cones, there's a legitimate like rest for your soul mm. where you're, where almost it's like, hot, it's hot, but it's <laughs> restful. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I can get that. Like I can, I, I bet some of our listeners can get to this too. Maybe this is a good, good answer. If, if you're listening uh, let me see if I can spit this question out well. If you're listening, here's one question for you. We won't ask another one of you for the comments below. But if there's a way to comment, comment this. What does rest look like for you? And if you have a unique one like Jack here, uh, what I'm picturing here, and I'm going to get to a quote by John Piper here in a minute, and I think this fits into it, that although there is physical exertion being done by Jack, that there is a rest in a sense for his soul and that his his concerns are not about the things that are outside of his control ultimately, that he can still lay those things in the hand of the Lord, but his biggest concern can be listening to music, songs that people wrote to glorify God and uh, clean up his yard. And as the pine cones burn, it's the it goes back to like the simplicity of life that in the end, all the other things can wait. And this right here has no implications into my life like burning of the pine cones. And it is kind of like rest for your soul. You're laying down all these other things and you're essentially proving that by burning pine cones and just taking a moment to to relax. And then if it ever turns into like, oh man, these pine cones are getting out of control. I need to get another pile done. You're like, that's when you're like, that's leaving the rest mode. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? Something like that. I don't know if that's <laughs> that was biblical, gracious. but it's been just a test in patience too. Because while I'm out there with the, Pine cones, right? Then it's like, well, what about that one email, that inbox? So it goes again back to the heart posture where like I can be doing the pine cone burning or whatever it looks like for listeners that's restful to their souls, that they're um, resting with family, I think is really crucial for those, I think, who have yeah. a wife and kids, like doing it together. And I love that time with my wife and our breakfast burritos and chats 
that don't necessarily have to do with, okay, what do we have to get done throughout the week? But I think it's also like, where are my thoughts throughout that day? From Friday night when I'm shut down to Saturday, where like, I could be out, I don't do this, but put my feet up in the hammock, right? Which could look like rest. But if I'm thinking about all that work I have to do, is that even rest at that point, even if my feet are up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just like in a sense, in the pharisaical legalistic way of rest of don't pluck any grains off of the, I don't know if it's grass, but you know, don't pluck the grains as you walk through a field. Oh, that's work. You harvested grain. Like just as Jesus points out, that's not the point of what this rest is. Um, you're pointing out that same thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just a posture of like open hands. Like I, I, I yeah. truly believe Sabbath is a gift to be received. Yeah, just John like Piper our faith. Would, yeah, he, John. John would agree with you. Would he? Let's yeah, hear the quote. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So Johnny, I mean, come on, he, Johnny. He says. So somebody asked him a question about what is the Sabbath and should we do? Are we commanded um, to partake in it in New Covenant culture? And uh, one question he asks himself out loud is most people ask um this and that and he's and he says the other side of it is they ask is it a matter of conscience and i thought he was going to say no and he says i think it is hmm. i think that how you rest in the lord is a matter of conscience and he goes and gives principles that like you must follow these principles right you can't be like uh i'm gonna go build a house on its rest and it's actually not uh, but there are principles that behind what rest is that it must follow. But in the end, what that looks like is a matter of conscience in uh, New Covenant. And so there's a couple of verses because um, one of the arguments around what the Sabbath is, is we get stuck. Is, is there a day that's more important to give to the Lord? Mm. Right. And uh, and I, I would say no, it's not a matter of a day. It's a matter of a rest. You know, and so is there a day in, in Romans chapter four, verses five through six, it says one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind, which is an interesting way to say that, because m- much of the scripture is the opposite of that. Mm. It's not like be convinced in your own mind what's mm-hmm. right in this scenario. There's only a few areas, and this is one of them as far as uh, is this day better or that day better? Be fully convinced in your mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to the Lord. So back to what you're saying, I think, is that uh, some are eating certain things on a certain day and some are abstaining from the same things on the same day but yet they're giving thanks to the Lord for those things. And he says, in in the sense of, is one day better than the other? Are you giving thanks to the Lord mm. while you're doing that? Are you resting in the Lord? Um, and are you observing it in the Lord? So uh, Romans 14 kind of addresses that. Colossians chapter 2, verse t- 16 says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food or drink or with regard to festival or new moon or Sabbath. Mm. So what that reveals is that this was an issue back in like early church time too right so early church was still trying to figure this out which we see a lot i'm trying not to talk fast here but i'm getting pumped mm-hmm. but we see a lot in acts right because in in acts as it looks at the early church there is this transition where we did have to go to the temple to worship god because that's where god chose to reside among his people well now jesus came died on the cross for the sins of many and is buried and then rests on the day of rests mm-hmm. right and then rises on the first day of the week 
which side note, that's where the majority of Christians have their services on the day of celebration of the resurrection. They have their church services, but then he raises and that creates this new covenant where we're sealed with the spirit. And then, and so there isn't a temple that we go to, to connect with God or to worship God, but that God in spirit Trinity uh, dwells within us. And then our mediator is no longer this human priest. It becomes Jesus who is God. And so then you get Trinitarian prayer and Trinitarian worship in that. And so um, many people, although they didn't have to go to the temple anymore, struggled with like, well, that was a special place and even maybe sentimental. And so is it okay that they went there and they continued to worship for decades after that? Um, absolutely. What about the ones that immediately abandoned the temple and began worshiping together in homes? Mm. Absolutely, that's okay. Um, this question about the Sabbath in Colossians, it's an, it's an early church issue that they were struggling with and it's, and it's answered, not to pass judgment on uh, questions about the Sabbath mm. that some will do either in his chapter 14, uh, verse five says that you be convinced in your own mind in these things, not in everything, right? There's certain theological points and doctrines that are, there's things that are right and things that are wrong in these, in these matters though, mm. and pertaining to the Sabbath, um, it may look different for different people. Not everybody's going to be able to burn pine cones and find that restful. And so don't pass judgment on Jack when you're like, no, that's not restful. He's burning <laughs> pine cones. I'd be, I'd be sweating, you know, working for that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the apostles, this is kind of interesting, the apostles met and discussed this issue because you have these Jews who are following the Mosaic law, and then you have these gent and so you have these Jews who become followers of Jesus. Well, then these Gentiles become followers of Jesus. And they're asking, well, what should we make these Gentiles do as far as following Jewish customs? And so the, the apostles meet together in the council of Jerusalem, and this is what they determine. This is Acts chapter 15, verses 19 through 20. It says, Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. And so as there's all these questions, what customs should these new Gentile believers follow in a Jewish sense? From the Jewish customs, uh, there are things they say like, well, um, things polluted by idols. We should tell them not to do that. Sexual immorality. We should tell them to abstain from that and uh, meat that was strangled uh, and from blood. And so there are things listed. And what's interesting is if the Sabbath was one of those things important that uh, Gentile converts uh, adopted, it would have been listed here because it's such a huge part of their life. Hmm. So my point is what we see in scripture is that there still is um, a benefit to the Sabbath rest, although I don't think we're bound to a Sabbath rest. But I think a Sabbath rest should be incorporated naturally into a Christian's life where we're taking a moment and resting and knowing that God is in control and focusing on the things of the Lord and focusing on the, on, uh, the things of heaven. And uh, the way John Piper puts it, he gives a couple uh, parameters for it. He says uh, that when you are observing the Sabbath and he kind of says, whether that's Saturday or Sunday, and he says, mine is Monday uh, because that's his day off. A lot of pastors take Mondays off. And uh, he says, number one, to rest in God's sovereignty and providence. And number two, to rest in such a way that is physiologically you pre being prepared for the Lord's work the next day. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, that kind of summarizes 
I think a lot of what you were saying and what I was thinking, um, because one of the basic fundamental questions is, do, do we have to obey the Sabbath in the way that the Old Testament followers did? And the answer is no. Mm-mm. And so then they say, well, in the New Testament, do we have to? And the answer is, are we bound to that? No, but should a time of rest and reflection of God's sovereignty and providence and being physiologically prepared for the Lord's day and for the Lord's work the next day, that should be incorporated into a Christian's life. Absolutely. As a benefit, as you brought up, as a benefit to you and glorifying to God. Mm. Amen. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it was a lot and <laughs> awesome. Um, and I think you're spot on. I love that Piper quote and yeah, what you mentioned Colossians and the different observances of it. For me, it was just bringing to mind, and maybe I'm just simplistic, like the good shepherd who leads us, Psalm 23, mm-hmm. to green pastures, quiet waters. What each of us sheep are doing in that green pasture water, maybe some laying down, maybe some just chewing, some hanging out in the shade, right? As you're saying, maybe it doesn't really matter specifically what that looks like. The point is we follow our shepherd who gives us rest. And then as Piper's calling out unto the next six days, kingdom productivity, let's go get it. But making sure that we're coming in restful because what I think is dangerous is if we're not resting, what happens, Mm. we're then tapping into our own will. Yeah, We're trying to do it all ourselves when we're not. And I'm not saying that if you just have a couple burner weeks where you couldn't quite get in, okay, the Lord's gracious. But overall, we should be finding that regular, consistent, frequent rest whenever it works for you, your family, your schedule, so that you can fill the tank back up, ready to go and drive and keep going. Mm-hmm. Because after that, if we're not resting, we're really starting to go on fumes and we know where that leads. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Amen to that. That's really good stuff. Hopefully I'm, so I, I, I said this last, last, uh, last, po- last, pa- <laughs> last podcast, I said the same thing where I, I picture kind of two or three people um, listening to this podcast. One is somebody driving to work. It's early morning, they're driving to work and uh, they use their 40, 50 minutes listening to this. The other one is a stay at home parent or something. Uh, the kids are resting and they're taking care of some household deal and listening to this in the background. Uh, the third is a retired person, just kind of like, uh, you know, anytime they want, they can listen to this. Full time rester? Yeah, yeah. I think Andrew. <laughs> I think, <laughs> He's doing it so every day is the Sabbath for that guy. Uh, I think Andrew brought up that uh, that some people leave this this podcast on for their dogs when they leave the house so they don't feel lonely. <laughs> but one one uh, one thing that I hope we we come to um, in in is w- in what you said. I think that's super important and foundational to uh, what rest in the Sabbath looks like in this new covenant. Uh, one of the things I want to make sure we understand it's not is that it's not the day we worship, right? So we're not trying to figure out what day can we have church because in Acts chapter two, Christians were meeting every day. In Acts chapter 17, the Bereans were studying their Bibles every day together and worshiping the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Acts chapter 20 and 1 Corinthians 16, it shows Christians meeting on the first day of the week, not the last day of the week. And so they would have been meeting together on Sundays. And so what we see is that it's not connected to when we worship the Lord, um, because our, our hope is that we're doing that regularly throughout our weeks and then also coming together and meeting regularly as the Bible tells us to do so. But that the Sabbath, it's important that we have a distinction that what this rest is so that we don't accidentally get it mixed up with something else. However, 
I also believe that worshiping God at church can be part of a day of rest. Does mm. that make sense? Mm. It doesn't have to be when you worship the Lord in your church service, but that that can be part of it. Absolutely. That can be rest as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I was just, while you're speaking that out, um, I don't know, I get excited like you, passionate, all these thoughts about it. And just, I, th- I think it really speaks to like, how do you see God? Like how you see Jesus, the person of Jesus and your view of Sabbath probably is affected by that. Because if you see a slave driver cracking the whip, you're trying to do yeah, all the things all the time that reveals, I think a heart posture in your view of God. But if we see the good shepherd, the one in eleven twenty eight, who invites us to himself, his gentle, lowly, humble, loving heart, and his arms wide open like a good father embracing his children after a long day of school that they just kick it on the couch together. It's not that that's always in the constant, but that is an attribute of our Lord who is the one who can slow us down, meet us in the quiet place. And I wanted to at least get in before I end Psalm 84, Mm -hmm. very simply first verse, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord almighty. And I go back to dwelling with the Lord, green pastures, just spending time with him whenever you can and let him satisfy, restore, and calm your soul in a restful way. So that's my encouragement to anyone listening is to just pray into how God can give your heart, your soul rest as a gift because he is a good giver. That's beautiful, man. Amen to that. You know, and on that note, it is about that time that we have to wrap this up. So that's the perfect way to end this. I just want to thank Jack here for jo- showing up and uh, helping me work through this. What is the Sabbath and and how that affects the new covenant follower of Jesus. And so I appreciate that. Good stuff here. Uh, in the comments below, any ways that you rest, it'd be, it'd be really encouraging to see a couple of those show up. I got some extra pine cones. <laughs> yeah, he sells them. Dollar pine cone. You can have your rest. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we love you guys and we'll see you guys next week.